0: Hey presto, Gavin here, episode 77 of the Business Mastermind podcast and today we're going to talk about a powerful model of logic-based model to help you improve your thinking, your questioning and the output from those processes and from meetings. Um, In the early 2000s I spent a lot of Lot of time in the world of neuro linguistic programming, NLP. I trained with and became the apprentice of Michael Breen, who was the business partner of Paul McKenna, and also with uh, Richard Bandler with his UK uh, trainings. Richard Bandler, of course, was the co founder of NLP Neuro Linguistic Programming. Now, Michael Breen, who I did most of the work with over a three or four year period, his specialty was the application of the art, the science, the tools of NLP to the world of business. In fact, Richard Bandler's definition of NLP, or one of his definitions, was an attitude of curiosity that lay left behind a trail of techniques. And one of those tools, or one of those t- techniques, that I became fascinated by and was actually an area of, of, of real sort of speciality for Michael Breen was the meta-model. Now, the Metal Model is a language-based tool based on logic to help you think through or get to the core of an issue of A problem, or the way specifically somebody is formulating that problem in their mind. Yes, was great use of great use in therapeutic uh, settings, but also I found it incredibly powerful in the world of business. Now, whether I'm using that in a coaching capacity or whether I'm facilitating a senior team and listening to their language, what comes out for me is the assumptions that are in place within their words, the unfinished sentence, the things that they have clear in their head, the way that it's um, communicated, might be received and understood as something quite differently. And so individuals think they're making their point clear, but so much of what is in their head is left unsaid in the sentence. As a result, the listener in their interpretation jumps to the wrong conclusions, makes their own assumptions about what that person means or must have meant. So the meta model gives you a tool to think through. And rather than me sort of going into all the details about how to explain it, I just want to give you some sort of typical type of questions and the important challenging questions to get to the core of the issue to you understand. So There's two sides of this model, you know, ones that, questions that point someone to look inwards to check their own thinking, their own source of where the idea came from. And the other side is outside, prompts them to look outside of themselves. So I'll give you a great example, a question or a statement more importantly that you can get someone to look in or outside. So if somebody says in life or in business, I can't do this, it will never work, for example, if you were to get them to look inside and answer the question, you would say, well, how do you know? That, point, that question, how do you know, points inside. I can't do this. Well, how do you know? Oh, because I haven't had the right training, could be an answer, or because I've tried it several times and I wasn't successful. The same statement of limitation, I can't do this, if you were to encourage people to look outside that, themselves, according to whom? Yeah, well, my last manager said I was no good at presentations. Oh, Okay. So, now you've changed the nature of the way that they view the world from I can't do this or I can't do presentations. This, by the way, is, um, is deleted. There's something that's not being referred to. So, you say, I can't do this. I can't do what? Oh, I can't do presentations. Right. So, we've changed it from this. It's just a broad, broader thing to understand I can't do presentations. Then, if you ask them outside of, to look outside of themselves, you'll say i can 't do presentations according to whom, oh my last manager, and now you can start to unpick that you know was that last manager of yours an expert in the field of presentations? What help did they give you have there or when have there been other examples when you have been successful at delivering presentations um equally flipping back the other way, you know how do you know uh, i can't do this how do you know well i Um, I stumbled and it was awkward when I dried up and couldn't think what to say. Okay, so there was one time when you stumbled and you didn't know what to say and your thought process dried up and it was uncomfortable. When have there been other times when you have been successful? So the aim with these kind of questions, according to whom, how do you know, is to get people to go down to specifics rather than generalisation. Another sort of area where people generalise what you'll see, see is it'll never work. You know, you use words like all, every, never. It'll never work. It always rains in the Lake District or the mountains area. The traffic is always a nightmare in London or the traffic is always a nightmare in LA. And the answer, to go down to specifics, is um, you put a question mark. All, always, every, never. What, there is not one time when the traffic is great, it is it, not a nightmare in London. No, never, it's always a nightmare in London or always a nightmare on the M25. What, even at four o'clock in the morning on a Sunday? So as soon as you offer in a counter example, it, it breaks down the logic that holds them stuck in that frame of reference. In other words, when somebody's stuck in their way of thinking, they are formulating that view of the world in a certain way and they have certain assumptions. You know, the traffic's always a nightmare on the M25. It always rains in that certain place. These initiatives always fail. But always? Every? There's not been one time when we've tried something new, we've innovated or improved, that it's not worked. Oh, yes, well, we tried then and it worked. Oh, yes, we did do that and it worked. Great. So we can successfully implement new changes and new innovations. So my point here is, the theme here is, you take down to the specifics and give counter examples to disprove their theory that this will never work Uh, and uh, another example um, is what we call nominalizations where we actually change a noun into a verb and what I mean by that is I really need to get some motivation Motivation is a yeah. You know, it's said that using the word motivation as a noun, and we need to turn it into action, to movement. We need to turn it into a, uh, a verb. So, um, so what do you want? Um, what do you want to be motivated to do? Or what do you find motivating? What are the things that you find motivating? Or what are the things right now you could find motivating? Uh, my relationship is broken. Well, you can't pick a relationship up and put it on a workbench and get your toolkit out to work on it. So what what is broken down in the way that you are relating to each other? So you want to change it from a noun into a verb. Um, another one is where we make one thing equal another in our, um, in our head. One thing can cause another. I'm depressed, I live in the city. So how does living in the city make you depressed, because there's some people that thrive off the vibrancy of living in a city. So you want to drill down another light, you know. Um, we're, we're not able to recruit for that post. What? Um, how do you know that you're not able to recruit for that, pa- for that post? Oh, uh, w- w- in this area, w- there are none. Uh, th- there are no skills at that level. Or there, are- there are no um, coders in-, in this area. Well, how do you know that there are no coders in this area? Could there be some people that live in this area that commute a long way every week to get a coding job elsewhere that actually would love to be working uh, closer to their home? Uh, one that I see happen uh, a lot um, is where. People aren't talking about things who or what specific, specifically. So um, there's been recent flooding in the UK and uh, somebody was interviewed on television and was saying they've forgotten us. They have not invested in flood defences. They? Who are they? You know, the council, the environment agency, the government, you know, um, the the contractors that were working on the flood defences. Who or what specifically? Let's drill down into the specifics. Who or what specifically? We can't keep up with a pace of te- technological innovation. Well, how specifically can we not keep up with a pace of technological innovation? So these questions you know if we're going down the inside of the world you know pointing the questions inside how do you know how does x cause y how do you know that x equals y who or what specifically how specifically drives down to the specifics of an issue and helps an individual understand ah right okay um that's the precise thing that we're working on we can work we can solve a problem around a specific not around a massive general generalization you know i remember Years ago, earlier on in my career, when I worked in BAE Systems and I worked as a part of their corporate university and we were introducing a massive change programme, introducing a high performance coaching capability to the top 650 directors across the globe. And I was part of a team putting together a proposal about how we were going to introduce this high performance coaching capability. And the feedback I got was from um, somebody a couple of uh, stages up the sort of hierarchy said to me, the board does not like your proposal. Well, great. What can you do with that? The board does not like your proposal. That technically means with literal language, there is not one person on the board of directors that likes one word or one sentence of your proposal. So I can't do anything with that. I could have rewritten that a thousand times and could still have got the same response back. And of course, it's ludicrous to take that literal interpretation. There's not one person on the board that does not like one word in your proposal. That's not true. Of course, it's not true. So the question I asked was, well, who specifically doesn't like the proposal? The HR director doesn't like the proposal. Ah, OK. OK, so now we've changed it from a board of directors to one person doesn't like the proposal. My next question was... What specifically, what, what areas, what, what uh, parts of the report specifically does the HR director not like? Okay, well, there's these three lines in this one paragraph. Okay, right, I can work on those three lines in that one par- paragraph. That's a very different problem to try and solve than um, there's not one person on the board that, li- doesn't, <laughs> that likes one word in your proposal. So these tools that take from the high level, the The things that are unspoken in somebody's language and drills down to the specifics means that you can work with those specifics. So over the next couple of days, I'm going to be working with a senior management team, European uh, leadership team of an organization, and their next layer of management down in the UK. We're looking at a lessons learned uh, exercise, but there's going to be loads of language of the likes of, we can't do this, this will never work, we tried that and it doesn't work, and I'm going to be using the meta model to just drill down in their thinking to nail the specifics of the issue or the problem so that we can come up with solutions to those problems. Check out uh, the meta model, meta, um, sort of if you search it, meta model, um, NLP or neuro linguistic programming, you will get YouTube clips on it, and you will get the papers that are, are written around it. But you know, it's I, I love it. it. It's that language of logic or a model of logic that helps you listen to language and help to identify the specific issue in a problem, and then you can work together on solving that specific issue in a problem be good to yourself and those around you be grateful for what you already experience be great at what you do and make sure that this week you're that bit better than last